Welcome to Sam's on Fire, a podcast for everyday entrepreneurs navigating business decisions, growth, and structure. Now, here's your host, Sam Livingston. Hey, I'm Sam with Sam's on Fire, and I'm here with Dale Phelps. Dale has been a, a, a friend of mine for a number of years. I've seen him transition from from the home mortgage business into real estate and kind of balancing the two and going into coaching as well. So Dale, thanks a lot for joining me here today. Thanks for having me, Sam. So tell me a little bit about, I see you're wearing a Dale the Whale shirt. For, so for a lot of our podcast listeners, the, one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on is you're probably one of the more prolific people at branding yourself and doing a j- good job of it. And coming from that place when, before you were able to really finance a lot of it, you were the crafty guy that could brand yourself for little to no money. Talk to me about that transition and a little bit of your background. Sure. Well, I have always kind of done guerrilla marketing type stuff. And whether it was when I was a teacher or before I was a teacher, because that's where my career was for a long time was in education. But before I was in education, um, I was in school out in Hawaii. I was doing a lot of guerrilla marketing stuff for TV shows and for the University of Hawaii at, for some of the stuff I was doing out there. Uh, a lot of cool, fun guerrilla marketing type stuff with no budget and just trying to stir up some, basically some um, demand for a TV show and we did some stuff for a haunted house, which was probably to this day, the best marketing I've ever done in my life. But um, so I've always done guerrilla marketing type stuff. It, over the last seven years, you know, I got into the lending industry in 2012 and I started out in a call center. So I didn't really have to worry too much about marketing myself. And then when I got out, which is pretty much when I met you, I was trying just about everything for marketing and doing the, the, the heroes program that we were doing and, you know, just trying all sorts of different things. And it really took a while to understand that I needed to brand and I needed to brand myself. I needed to become noticed. And I I think it's taken about five, six years to get to a point where more and more people are starting to know who I am, know what I do. And it's, been a lot of consistency, especially over the last year, year and a half, and recently changing my brand. This actually, the beginning of this year, changing my brand to something that that is making a lot more sense and it's kind of sticking. And that's what you said before with Dale the Whale. Right. Well, a couple of things that you said that really kicked off some thoughts. One is you said the word known about five times um, and no like trust, right? So, so we talk about that with the relational sales building. And so no like trust is probably one of the most important things to, that I can think of. But I want to take I want to go back for just a second because the other thing that you mentioned that was kind of that was prominent to me and stuck out was the fact that you said you tried so much before and and, and so talk to me about the years. What years were you talking about being at Hawaii? So that was way back in 2002 to 2004. I right. was yeah. So, so we didn't have the things that we have at our fingertips to do all these things that we do now. We didn't have the iPhones or the, the smartphones. Uh, we didn't have the ability to come online and create channels. And, and you talked about branding versus marketing. And I think this is probably one of the biggest mistakes a lot of entrepreneurs 
can't follow or don't really understand, especially in the real estate industry where I come from, is people are marketing their company, uh, uh, their, their brokerage. They're not branding themselves. And so in turn, they're branding their company. And if they ever want to make a change or they do anything different, it's start over and start over and start over. And you never get to the point where you are the known, liked, trusted go-to person, right? Oh, absolutely. And I, th- I think from my perspective, and I think people have different ideas about what this stuff is, but I think a lot of people market and, and it's a part of my business. Like I do some of that stuff. I'll put different programs that my company has out there because I need to throw those in there to, to let people know some of that stuff too. But I think the marketing side is way more transactional and the branding side is where the relationship comes in because, and this is pretty wild. I was just on someone's live this morning. I'll give a shout out, Peter Passetto. I jumped on Peter's live and somebody on Peter's live, when I commented, said, Dale the whale, like exclamation point. And I'm just like, holy shit. Like, I'm looking, I'm like, where do I know this person? I don't know who this is, but this person just recognized they probably saw me somewhere else in a different group or whatever, doing my thing and branding myself as Dale Whale. And here I am on Peter's Live, and this guy shouts out Dale the Whale. So now there were like 18 people on the live when I was on there, but they have now seen Dale the Whale. It didn't say Dale the Whale anywhere else. It just says Dale Phelps Jr., I think, on mine. And if you go onto my my social media pages, it I my nickname is Dale the Whale, but it says Dale Phelps Jr. and then Dale the Whale like underneath or something. So that was really cool and kind of one of those things. I get these constant hints that my branding has been working, and I think that big difference between branding versus marketing is it's kind of a cliche thing in this industry, in our industry, in marketing in general, but transactional versus relationships and the branding when you're branding yourself and and your beliefs and who you are people start to get to know you and it's not about the 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 company that you work for necessarily but it's about you and your beliefs and who you are as a person you're branding yourself not the company like you said Right. And, and, and that becomes really vital because what I noticed when I first got into um, real estate, I worked for a more local company. Um, they, they were they, they were in a couple states. So they were, they were in my mind, they were big until I got into the industry and I saw what some of the uh, powerhouses were doing. But um, everything was about them. All of our marketing. I mean, they did great things for you. Hey, you you can send out these emails and they're branded and, and what and you can use our at domain to send out all your emails. And then when that actually that company was sold to its largest competitor, (laughs) it it made a big impact on my business and how it looked and all the changes that had to come after that. You know, I've had the same phone number for 14 years and the same email address for uh, not quite that long, but close. And I'm thinking those are mine. And that is branding. When, when, When someone else can make a change or do something different and affects you, then, then that just means you didn't take control. And I think that's another big difference, marketing versus branding. Um, and, and so I like where you came from. Now I'm going to take you back to Hawaii 2002 era because a lot of us think we're doing this guerrilla marketing or whatever, but, but like I said, it's so easy. All you need is any kind of a phone 
any kind of a video piece, everybody's doing it, but you were doing it back when no one was doing it. We didn't have the capabilities. And the other thing is I have to think that you're looked at kind of a, you're, you might be a little bit of a weirdo in that era when now it's nothing to walk down the street and you see 10 people are videoing, but tell me about those days. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't exactly videoing back then. Now, I was with a TV show, so there was video and we did do, we had a commercial and I was in the commercial, but some of the marketing stuff that I was actually doing, um, not counting the commercial, but stuff to, to really capture people's attention. And um, you think about me, I was 200 and 230 pounds and I was out at Waikiki, um, you know, lots of people in bathing suits and stuff. So how do you stand out in Waikiki? A lot of people are in bathing suits. I was in a bathing suit, but it was a Speedo. And I wasn't just in a Speedo. I was wearing fins, a mask, a snorkel, and a briefcase. And that stands out when you're walking around like that. And people want to know what the hell you're doing. So they come up and start talking to you. So I literally was having conversations with people, carrying a briefcase, wearing a mask and a snorkel, wearing fins on my feet, wearing a green Speedo. And I shouldn't be wearing a Speedo. I shouldn't have been wearing one back then. It does but I was wearing a, a speedo because I knew that that getting people's attention was a big part of starting the communication. It's like an icebreaker. So that's that's what I was doing back in 2002 and I did a lot of that kind of thing. That wasn't everything, but that it was a lot of that kind of thing. That's ground, you know, you're on the ground, you're on the front lines, you're that's guerrilla marketing. That's what I was doing. What what kind of um, so you're pretty fearless when it comes to that stuff, and and I know this because I know you. You're not you're not afraid to put yourself out there, and I think that's another big a big hindrance for a lot of entrepreneurs. You know, we especially in our coaching industry, we tell people go do video, go do live video, and they say, well, I don't like what I say, I don't like the way I say it, and all those things. What kind of roadblocks did you have when you were coming up with your I mean, like I said, I know you're fearless, but there has to be some nervousness or some, you know, there's something in your mind that you have to get across in order to do those things, right? Yeah, I think I, I still deal with some of that. And I think the biggest thing for me is being a lender. And it's not like I'm lending and I'm my own, I'm my own company. So I have companies I've worked for and I think just always in the back of my head, knowing that these companies are kind of looking over me, whether it's compliance or whatever it is, that's actually, I feel like as much as I'm fearless, there's still, <laughs> I still got a lot of stuff I haven't done because I know that that's the case. So now, I'm going to interrupt you right there because that, and that we're going to have to have another conversation about this because I've seen you do some stuff that I'm shaking my head and I'm like, there is no way in hell you could get me to do that. So if there's things that you're too timid to do, I, I, I need to know what they are on paper. I don't want to see them. I don't want to witness them live, but I want to know what those things are. With that said, what is what have you learned through this? And, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but what have you learned about those hangups or those, those self-imposed roadblocks? Like I can't do this or I don't want to do that because you, you say – and here's a guy who I know is is fearless when it comes to that. But you say even you have some of those exact same roadblocks or self-imposed stops where you're not comfortable. 
tell me about that learning process and how you've overcome those particular stops. Yeah, and I think that's a um, that's a big difference between me and a lot of people that that do their their videos and stuff for marketing is we all have those stops and those hesitations. Uh, but what do you do when you get to that point? Well, I know now, what I do. I'm, yeah, well, that's one thing, right? Do the fucking work, but it's not just the work. For me, a lot of people ask where I get the ideas and they don't say content typically, but because content is typically more educational or inspirational or whatever. And I do a lot of, a lot of mine is the, there's fire behind the smoke. And I heard um, someone talk about this before where he wants to create content when everyone else out there is throwing out like just junk food or just health food. He wants to throw out health food disguised as junk food. And it's something that I saw and realized that's kind of what I do. A lot of people watch my stuff when they just know that they need to laugh or smile. Like I no doubt try to put out good vibes without question, but I also have a kind of a bigger, broader picture than most people with their marketing. Most people start out with like, I need to do video. I need to make money. And I think that's the wrong way to start. And that's not where I come from. I started doing video way before I was doing anything marketing to make money. You know, in 99, I was doing, I was in a video course. I took a class. I enjoyed it. Before my son was born, I don't know if you remember in like 2008, 2009, the flip came out. The flip was a little rectangular digital camera that had a USB port that flipped out of it and you stuck it in the computer. Thought it was the most awesome thing ever. They did the art technology. video and I'd stick it in the computer. I would edit it and then I would have a video. Thought it was like the greatest thing ever. So for me, the roadblocks you know, the stop signs, if you will, like that, that get me to hesitate a little bit. It's what do you do when you get to those, those hesitations? And a lot of people will stop at the stop sign and they will go left or right. They're not going to continue forward. I come up and I see the stop sign and I'm like, screw it. And I just go like, I just do it. Like I sit there, I look at my, I look at a video and basically what I, what I ask myself when I'm ready to post, I look at it and I'll say, First of all, like, can my son watch this and will he laugh? If that's a yes, I rarely have to get to number two. Number two is, did I make myself laugh? Either one of those things, I could care less what happens with everyone else out there. That's not the greater purpose. My greater purpose is that in 20 years, I've left so much for my son to look at. And he could look back at his dad and just be like, wow, he made a lot of people laugh. And I did it for him. Like he's got library full of videos of me and him and memories and all this stuff that is so much more important to me than any dollars that I'm going to make from doing my videos. So that's a big why for you then is, is Brody is very important to you and you want to make sure that what you're doing aligns with that importance that you place on him. By far the biggest why. Cool. I don't, I can't say it's the only why because obviously like creating something out of this, something bigger, I don't know what that's going to be, but I see that it's going in that direction. The big why is I'm doing this for my son. 
plain and simple. It makes my life so much easier when I go to post. Someone told, someone mentioned today, I think maybe sometimes you try too much to put stuff out there. I'm like, okay. Right. And, that, and that's something I know we've talked about before. Everybody isn't going to be a fan and those aren't your fans and it's okay. Um, I talk about it on the podcast all the time. Find your people. Your people will celebrate you. The people that don't celebrate you, it's okay. And yep. I know that you embrace that probably as much as anyone. So um, with the with the process of you, uh, so you, you want to be funny. You want to leave some, a legacy for your son. But what is the big picture that you're driving right now with Dale the Whale? Um, and, and I'll go and mention it. You have DaleTheWhale.com, correct? DaleTheWhale.com, yep. And, and so when you, so you're rebranding and I've watched you do this and I've watched um, how cool it's become from a couple, a couple different avenues that probably weren't as easily for you to embrace as Dale the Whale. So let's talk about that transition. Why Dale the Whale? Where are you with that? And what is, what does that process look like? So for a couple of years, I was branding the creative lender made a lot of sense to me. I was a lender. I was creative. Like everyone would understand what that means, had the website, the domains. And I I mean, it didn't really get the traction that I thought it might get. And there were people that, that would say, Hey, creative lender, whatever. But it wasn't like, uh, like Dale the whale. Wait, Dale the whale is just something that First of all, Dale the Whale, the history of Dale the Whale. I'll give you the 30-second history. I was called Dale the Whale by my cousin Lisa and a bunch of my cousins growing up. Then it kind of went away for a while. Then when I was in college, I was a director of summer camps, and we had superheroes. And one of my superhero aliases was Dale the Whale. So had the superhero. So there's a whole generation of kids in Hartford, Connecticut that went to this camp that know who Dale the Whale is. So that was kind of cool and it stuck. And I've had people since then message me privately saying, hey, it looks like the whale's back. Hey, were, um, you, were you a heavy kid? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I was always a bigger kid. Not, you know, I wasn't crazy big, but. Well, what I've noticed, I think, is those kids that, that were bigger, but not obese, you know, like nobody wants to beat up or, or pick on the, the, the really obese kid. I, I find sometimes it's the ones that maybe, you probably struggled with it in your head and people pick up on that and especially kids. So the reason I asked you specifically was, were you a bigger kid is I, I love the fact that it probably wasn't necessarily a term of endearment. The first time someone called you Dale, the whale or, or maybe your cousin, but there's people out there that probably called you Dale, the whale, and they didn't necessarily mean to pat you on the back. Am I right? Possibly. Yeah. Especially yeah. when I think, especially when you're younger. Right. Absolutely. So I love the fact that now you've got it on a t-shirt, you've got it on, on your car, you've got the website. And, I, and this is one of the things that I really love about um, personal growth. And, and you go, you know what, listen, I'm going to own that. That's mine. And you take the power away from anybody else kind of, uh, kind of kicking you with it. Not that that's where you're going with it, but I, but I, I see that as a twofold kind of process. And, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I just think, Dale the whale. I I never even considered that backstory. Let's talk about the now, though. Why does why is Dale the whale so significant to you right now? Oh man, I mean, so when it came back was about I think it was February, and I saw you when it happened. I was on my way to the Big Arenda up in Michigan, and I was pulling up to a Walgreens. 
and getting some snacks as a whale might do on the on a road trip for three and a half hours. So as I went into Walgreens, I, um, I saw some whale socks and I knew there would be about 12 to 15 people there. And I saw these whale socks and I went up and checked them out thinking, you know, they'd be four five, six $6, whatever. They were like a buck a pair. So I'm like, all right. I look around, I see a bunch of these socks all over the place. I walked all around the store. I bought every pair of the socks that they had or 15 pairs. So I bought all 15 pairs. I took them, went up to the big Orenda. And then um, after the first day, as you know, because you were there when I did this, but I basically asked the group of people what the most important thing for anyone to know about, about you in any language is. And what's the answer to that? It's your name. Well, I'm called Dave or Dan still to this day. I'm still called Dave or Dan two, three, four times a week, depending on the I've week. Seen you introduced, I've seen you introduced both ways. And, and I, I just laugh. I, I love it. I love when I'm called Dave or Dan now because I know they will never forget again. That's so I, I think it's hilarious when when I'm called Dave or Dan. But basically, when I, um, I asked that question, I told everyone I get called Dave or Dan three to five times a week. So if it'll help you remember, remember Dale the Whale. And to help you remember, I brought these and I held up my Dale the Whale socks and I gave every single person a pair of the Dale the Whale socks. Well, the next morning, again, as you may remember, people had the Dale the Whale socks on and they didn't just have the Dale the Whale socks on. They started taking photos of the Dale the Whale socks and posting them and hashtagging Dale the Whale and I, at that point, nearly immediately looked up to see if dalethewhale.com was available. I did not think it would be. And it was. And I was psyched. And Are you I going to Dan domain. the Whale next? What's that? You could have went to Dan the Whale next. And see. <laughs> I could have gone to Dave the Whale, Dan the Whale. Yes. That would have worked. Not. So I, so that was, your, that was what spawned the idea. A little bit of your childhood. And then those socks, just perfect timing, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So Dale the whale, that is, um, that's pretty easy. Like you said before, when you were the creative lender, you, if you're walking somewhere and someone recognizes you, it's not real cool to yell out, Hey, there's the creative lender, but Dale the whale, it, it resonates. So in, in one of the things, Michael Reese talks about this quite a bit. Um, he, uh, he talks about having a branding name that makes sense. Is it, is it something that people can relate to? And I think yours does very well. Now, with that, what are you doing with Dale the Whale? I know that you're a lender. I also know that you're a real estate agent. I also know that you do a lot of coaching, a lot of videography coaching, a lot of content coaching. But describe that to me because I don't want to leave something short or, or really explore what it is that you're doing. Okay, so basically what DaleTheWhale.com is, it's, it's kind of my hub. So first of all, it's a, it's a communication hub. It's a way for people to schedule with me if they want to meet with me, talk with me, Zoom, have video meetings with me. It's also a place to, if you're a realtor or a broker, or a team leader, if you're in business in general and you want to do video and video branding and editing, you can talk with me and there's different, I have different programs for that stuff. It's also a place for home buyers. So if you have a, someone who's looking to buy a home and they want a, need a place to start with a lender, 
they can go there and they can explore some of the things I have on there as resources. I have the home buyers crash course that I created on there. But again, Dale the Whale is now the hub because if I tell people go go to the home buyers crash course, again, they might get get home and say, was it the home buyers crash course without the, with the crash courses? It's a long name. So just go to dalethewhale.com as funny as it sounds, you know, it, it actually is a very useful resource for realtors and home buyers. Well, it's memorable. And that's the, that's the, like you said, simplicity makes sense. So a um, couple other things you keyed on there. And so I, because I know you so well, I like to think about the things that we've done in the past five or six years and the networks that we've created. And I see what you're doing there in Chicago or in, in, in South Elgin where you live. And, and I've come to an event there with you. I'll be there again. But what, um, what can what can you tell people about networking and the importance of networking and how you built these as as Hank Avink, um, coach and founder at National Coaching League, he talks about the web effect. Talk to me about that and how important that's been in your branding, in your marketing, and in your reach. So again, net, networking. It, I mean, it's it's only useful if you do it the right way. And a lot of people don't do it the right way. I I think it was about six years ago, right? Like 2013, or I think it was 2013 or 14 in, in that range. I went to the worst networking event I'd ever been to. And I say the worst because it was just, it was uncomfortable. It was awkward. Forced? It was the worst. I mean, but but we've all been to those before, but it's unbelievable that just one conversation can change the the direction of your life. And that's what happened at that networking event. You know, I've told that, you know, the story, but I will tell the story again. I met Ben Vild there. Ben Vild ended up being one of my close, close friends from Cleveland to a point where I was in Ben's wedding. I introduced Ben Vild to you and Ben ended up going over to your team. You two to this day are my two closest friends and two of my very first realtor connections I had in this industry. And that started just a complete ripple chain web effect, however you want to call it, that has led to where I am now. And I, you know, I just, I just kind of told part of the story the other day where I was on a call and it was just unbelievable to see who was on this call and how it all connected from the past. It's um, Travis Rosser was talking about connecting the dots. I know that's not his quote, but you just collect the dots and then someday you're going to look back and connect the dots. And I was doing that the other day a little bit and just connecting all these people that I knew through you introduced me to Hank Avink. I'm going to Hank's house tomorrow. Like, it's crazy. Like, I met Hank through you. Because of Hank, I met Peter Passetto. has had an enormous role in my life. Kevin Hoover, huge role in my life. Kevin Hoover, I just, I rode 300 miles in September. I never thought I'd ride a bike 300 miles in my entire life together combined. And I rode over 300 miles in September for Kevin's son. And I met Kevin because I met you because I met Ben. And it's just unbelievable. Well, don't um, leave Peter Weller out because he will call you out if you do. So. I, listen, I'm getting there. <laughs> Peter Weller, good example. <laughs> Connected to Peter Weller through you, through Hank, um, from the Big Orenda. And the list goes on, but uh, Jeff Morris in Illinois met Jeff through 36 to Life. 
Andrea Gallitz, she's out here. Uh, met her through 36 to Life. We've done some work together and business together and she's awesome and we have that connection, but I wouldn't have that connection had I not gone to that first networking event, had I not had a conversation with Ben and followed up with a, you know, a meeting two days later um, where we grabbed beers in downtown Cleveland and the rest is history. I ended up being best man in his wedding and, you know, you and I have gone camping out with our kids. Our kids have done sleepovers just from a terrible networking event. Yep. And, and, and that's a thing. There's value in everything if you uh, if you look for it, right? I mean, so I, one of the things I was saying is a lot of these networking events are forced. There's, you know, I, I was in different networking groups. I won't name, you know, specific names, but what I always felt like was everybody in the room was there to sell me their product or their wear or their service. And even though, and at the same time, they would preach to you that that wasn't the reason, but I always felt that that was their number one goal and if that didn't happen, that I almost felt shunned. So we've, we, I think when we work well together is when we're doing these networking, I don't want to call them events because they're really not events here in Medina, how I network. I right. try to frequent every business that I can possibly do business with personally and face to face. And I saw in the short period of time, how long have you lived in Elgin, uh, South Elgin? Um, just over a year now, a year and a few months. So in the, in the little over a year, and when I, I went there last month with you, I saw that you were doing the exact same thing that you did here. You built those relationships where you, you really have, a, you're almost like a small celebrity in that area. People see you, they want to talk to you, you've set up some events for them, you've brought business to small business owners, that entrepreneurial spirit is felt throughout your community. And I think that that is one of the things that I learned probably the most from you was how, how to do that in a way that made the most sense for the business owner, for that other person. And, and I think that what happens a lot of times is we're looking for the outcome that we want as opposed to the outcome that we can help provide. And, and when I really looked at it from that perspective, I was able to say, you know what, mine will always come and, and it always has. What can I do to bridge somebody else's day or help help them meet someone or find something that they need? Um, and, and I think that was probably one of the biggest lessons I learned from you. What are you doing right now in that in your world to um, to increase that or to show that or um, what, what are you doing to build it? And for the reason I'm asking this is because there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are going to be listening that are curious. How can they be that voice? How can they you know, we always feel like we have this small voice or no one's necessarily paying attention. And that's not true. Yeah, I th I think that you know, I've, I've always done like volunteer work and things for other people and, you know, stuff that's not necessarily monetarily driven. And that's part of the thing for me is I'm not as driven by the dollars as a lot of people are. I'm driven by helping other people and, and, and really kind of giving as much of myself to other people as I can and, you know, you got to do that stuff without expectation of anything in return. And I think that's a hard thing to learn, but you just have to do it. And just, you know, if people use you for what you give to them, that's okay. Like they needed it. You helped them at a point in their life. Um, but like Hank talks about, there's times where you run parallel with people in times where you might veer off a little bit, but it doesn't mean that you're, you know, not still su supporting that person or, fan of theirs. It just means you're not running parallel at the moment. You know, right now I'm running parallel with a whole bunch of people that are 
awesome energy, great entrepreneurial spirit, and it's it's fantastic. Now I have also had to kind of redirect away from some things or some people or some energy that in the past I might have stuck around with longer. But I think the biggest thing is just coming from contribution. How can you help other people? Seeing where opportunities are to make connections. Where can I help someone in their business? And it's crazy how the reciprocation can happen. And and sometimes it's just surprising. Like I'll use Josh at vanburencoffee.com. Can I give that little shout out? Is that fine? Well, um, I guess it is. It's, it's so, out there. <laughs> so I signed up for Josh's coffee membership. Now, here's the thing. I don't have a coffee grinder. I could go out and buy a coffee grinder. I go to a coffee shop in downtown Elgin three plus days a week at some point. And I was like, you know what? I have the membership. I love these guys. I don't want to just like start drinking Josh's coffee, even though I love Josh. I love his coffee. But this is where I live. So am I going to stop coming here because I got this coffee subscription? No. So I went up to them the other day and I said, Hey guys, remember I told you my friend has a coffee place in Pawpaw, Michigan. And they're like, yeah. I said, well, he started a membership, super excited for him. I signed up for his membership. I'm going to have coffee coming to me every month. And they're like, okay. And I was like, I want you guys to have it. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm going to give you coffee to sell. And they're like, well, so how is that going to work? Like, are we going to, I'm like, you can keep like whatever profit. And they're like, well, you can drink it for free. I'm like, I'll still buy coffee. That's, that's fine. And I'm like, but I don't want to waste his coffee and I want to drink some of his coffee, but I don't want to buy a grinder and I don't want to come here less. So I'm going to give it to you. Well, what did that do? I mean, who knows where it ends up, but I know that. These are people that I feel like I'm kind of in business with anyway, because I'm there so much. I do events there. We're connected anyway. They know that by doing that, they're going to help my friend a little bit. They're going to help me a little bit because they'll probably give me a coffee here and there, which they do now anyway. They already give give to me because I go there consistently and I try to bring people to them. So now I'm just doing something else coming from contribution. I'm just handing that to them. I'm helping Josh and Josh somewhere else is helping me. It's, it's just this awesome circle of people contributing to other people's success. Right. And I think that's, you know, we hear yeah, all the cliches, rising tides, raise all ships and, you know, all those things. But when you live it and experience it, it's pretty amazing. And, and I've, seen, I've seen those things happen in my own business and life. So I, I love what you're doing there in South Elgin and everywhere you've been. As we get ready to wrap up, a couple things. Contribution was was probably the top, you know, it was the last topic, but it's the one that stands out the most about me. Anytime I see you do anything, you're motivated, not just to, it's not the dollars, it's not you, it's always about what's around you and who you're connected to. So that contribution piece, I think, is who makes Dale the whale who, who he is. So as we wrap up, Talk to me about um, what you're doing with Dale the Whale. I know you've got an event coming up. If you want to promote that, promote your website a little bit more because I know that the valuable resources, and here's the other thing I know contribution-wise. You have realtors that reach out to you. You have lenders that reach out to you. And we I know the industry well enough to know that if there's anything that's brilliant, it's copied, changed, owned, 
by pretty much everyone. And I know that that's something that you've never worried about. You've always been the guy that stands out there and says, yeah, take it, use it. How can I help you? So talk to me about on your creative lender or the, uh, the home buyers crash course a little bit, where can we find those things? I know that you said your hub is Dale the whale, but tell me what you've produced there for lenders, realtors, buyers, sure. sellers. So Again, go to dalewell.com. You can click on the, the link for home buyers and check it out there, but you'll see a link for the home buyers crash course, which is on my main page, but it's also in the home buyers link. So what the home buyers crash course is right now, it's about 20 videos that give general information about the home buying process. And people can sign up for that and go through and watch the videos. So my initial conversations with clients aren't necessarily going to be an hour long. They're going to be more like 10 or 15 minutes, more of an intro, get to know each other a little bit, but then I'm going to have them go watch those videos and realtors I work with can send people there, watch those videos. It's going to answer a lot of questions. It's going to bring up a lot of questions. It does not answer everything. And I would not claim that it does, but what it does is it gives a a huge foundation uh, for people who've especially never bought a home. So that's what the home buyers crash course is. I love it. I use it myself. Um, I, I would copy it if I had a little bit more time, but it's just easy for me as a realtor to send people and say, hey, check this out. He's going to talk to you a little bit about loans, a little bit about the process, um, how, how to work with realtors and things of that nature. So it's great resource for realtors. Anything else? What, you're promoting something coming up in October? So yes, actually October, uh, December, but um Every, every month, typically Thursday nights, I have events that um, I'm doing, again, a little bit differently than a lot of people have done events. They usually do kind of one event and that's it. I'm marketing two to three different events for the same night, trying to drive people to one place. Some people might go to the speaker. Um, some people might just go sit at the bar and have a couple beers. My thing is, All of our business networking events are just that. They're business networking events. So I have my group Beer Happy. I do a Beer Happy event, which is going to bring a different group of people and oftentimes consumers to a place. And at the same time, I'm doing a business networking event. So it's two different things that could potentially introduce business owners to consumers. The other thing that, so what I'm doing October 24th, I'm really excited. You came last month and this month is Peter Passetto. He's coming from New York State. He's uh, an international coach, you know, life coach, business coach. Um, He's an author. He wrote the book Active Choices and he's going to talk about Active Choices and, and the book Active Choices. And this is his tour called the Not Another Motivational Speaker Tour. So it's October 24th. It's in Elgin, Illinois, 5 p.m. at Lounge 51. And we can find all that on dalethewell.com, correct? Absolutely. dalethewell.com, you'll see a link for events. And you click on there, you'll see that event. And then you'll see in December, I'm also very excited for, we are about 99% the last time I talked to him. Hank Avink is coming to Illinois, outside of Chicago, same place, Elgin, Illinois, and that's December 5th, I believe it is. Thursday, December 5th is Hank Avank coming to Illinois. Very cool. So, well, Dale, I I really appreciate you coming on here. Um, You know I value your friendship as much as anything, but I also love to watch the things you do because it it always 
motivates me. It keeps my business going. And uh, I appreciate you. With that, I'm going to cut you loose. And I really appreciate coming on here. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate you and all you continue to do. Thanks for listening to Sam's on Fire. And don't forget to check out samsonfire.com. And if you like what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and share it with a fellow entrepreneur so you get notification of all new episodes.